So we developed a term for this guy. We, we called his memory uh, worn memory. Uh, write often, read never. <laughs> <laughs> you could restore it Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restored All podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup. And I have with me, all the way from the Bay Area, none other than Persona Maliandi. How's it going, Persona? I'm good, Curtis. I have a question for you. What's that? How's your solar doing? We haven't talked about that in a while. Actually, you know what? I'm going to introduce our guest so that she can participate in the conversation. This is now her second time on the podcast, which um, for those of you that, you know, a little behind the scenes baseball, we literally recorded episode one two minutes ago and now we're doing episode two. But it was we talked about we enjoyed talking about Microsoft 365 so much that we turned it into two episodes. Uh, and if you haven't heard this episode, you should just stop listening right now and go back to the previous episode because we talked really about Microsoft 365 architecture and I learned a ton and it's from our new uh, Microsoft 365 expert, Vanessa Tovez. How's it going? Hello. Thank you, guys. It's going well. I'm excited to be here and uh, be on my second podcast with you. Your second podcast. And by the way, the reason why I, I wanted to bring you in is that I think you and I talked about this, but the company that I bought uh, Wholesale Solar uh, from is, what did I say? Was it Mount Shasta? Is that what I said? Yeah. Yeah. Mount yeah, Shasta. They're, yeah. They're, so they're right up the road from you. You're in Roseville. Um, yeah, they're a few hours away, but we just, I just came back from uh, Lake Siskiyou. I don't even know. That, Where is that? that, that right at the base like... of Shasta. Well, okay. kind oh, of at the base okay. of Shasta. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, um, yeah so I bought a, a solar system with the intent of uh, building it myself, putting it on the roof myself, and um, because that's what this company specializes in. And long story short, uh, and if you're curious about it, go listen to the other episodes. But uh, I was able to get all the mounts up there. I did, I did all, you know, I did quite a bit of work up there. And then the, I was getting towards the end of the year and I realized that I wasn't going to finish in time for the tax break. Right. And so I actually hired someone to finish the install. And then in the end, I regretted having done all of the work or a lot of the work myself because I realized I could have just hired the same person like, six months prior because I was doing it, <laughs> doing it in my spare time. And had I done that, I could have been saving $250 a month in solar, you know, for, in electricity from back in June when I bought the dang thing, instead of turning my solar system on in December. Um, but you but learned I, a lot. I learned a lot, learned so much. And, you know, and my, my idiocy can, you know, if, if my pain can benefit someone else, you know, just one person. And so the question that, persona was asking was about, you know, I actually had an outage with my uh, solar system, which turned out was caused by uh, an open, uh, you know, basically two wires, not fully wire nutted together. And uh, I resolved that. And since that, and now that I've got monitoring properly, it's been beautiful, uh, persona. It's been, you know, making, making power every day. I mean, this is a great time in California to be making power, right? Um, as long as we can keep, <laughs> we can keep the fires down. I was going to right? say, as long as you can keep the ash off of your panels. Yeah. Uh, well, it hasn't been too bad. No, nowhere near as bad down here as it is up there. 
right? Um, I yeah. I, so it, it, so I'm I'm pretty happy at this point because I'm I'm saving. You know, um, I figured out the other day that my all in system cost, including the guy and the stuff that I bought and all stuff, and including the tax break. I, I think it was around six or seven thousand dollars. That's impressive for the size that you have. Fifteen fifteen panels of three hundred and seventy-five watts. I think that's five and a half megawatts, five and a half kilowatts. kilowatts. No, five and a half kilowatts. Yeah, five and a half kilowatts. I, and that's why I did it, right? Because I did all that math and I was like, if I do it myself, it will only cost because the, the price that I was getting for the system of this size was like over twenty thousand dollars. Um but uh, anyway, but before we talk about Microsoft 365, you want to do our disclaimer? Yeah, and- of course, 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 of course. Uh, the, so the three of us do uh, all work for Druva, but this is not a Druva podcast. The opinions that you hear are our own. And uh, also, please rate this podcast. If you like what you hear, please go to ratethispodcast.com slash restore and select whichever pod catcher that you are using and then, um, you know, rate us. By the way, if you don't listen to us with a podcatcher. If you're just listening to us on SoundCloud, uh, you'll have to go directly to SoundCloud slash restore it all and you can you can rate it there. Anyway, uh, so we had a really good conversation, Vanessa, about all the different pieces of Microsoft 365 architecture. And the thing that I find myself arguing when I'm talking to, you know, random people and sometimes not random people online is, well, gee, isn't this the whole point of SaaS, right? I, I, I moved my application up into Salesforce or I moved it into G Suite or I moved it into Microsoft 365. And, you know, this person told me that I now don't need to worry about backing it up. What's your thoughts on that? I think that's false. I know this would be a great surprise, but I agree with you. <laughs> Right. I, I really look back to uh, let's just talk about the, the the companies that migrated or are migrating to 365 from on-prem. Um, it was never really a question uh, for an organization to say we this is our environment. We must back it up. We you know whether and they they've made those investments because of whatever the situations were that drove them to do that. Right. And the type of companies and it's no different. So I'd say the first and foremost, the reason to back up your SaaS base information is that you own it and you have a responsibility to, you know, uh, to the organization that you work for to, uh, to right, safeguard that information, regardless on what platform it is. And, and then, of course, for whatever the, uh, the other reasons that everyone else that we all talk about, but Truly, the, the most important reason is that you own that information. I, I mean, there, there's a number of reasons why, but ultimately, uh, you have responsibility for that to your organization, right? And, and Wait, doesn't the SaaS application company or the SaaS company own your information? Aren't they responsible for protecting it, making sure it's available, all the rest of that? Yeah, I mean, they have a platform uh, and their responsibility, you know, they, they basically sell a service for you to access their services and to save whatever information, you know, uh, however many rows of information, however many files, and use that service and to be able to, ac- you know, access that, your, uh, access that. 
but it's not, I, I, don't, I don't believe that if you were to ask um, uh, Bank of America, if they think that Microsoft owns their information, the answer would be no. And that would be no different for the small company like my sister's uh, hard cider company in Auburn, uh, Common Cider. You know, she's been on 365 and Microsoft does not own her information. Uh, they do not own, you know, she is paying for a service to utilize their technology. Um, and, and where that's concerned, you know, the first and foremost reason is that it is your information, uh, it is a, the company's information. And I think a lot of people fail, like they think that I'm going SaaS, but SaaS is just another application, another platform, a manner in which to right, to interact with, uh, whether it's you know using a Dynamics or Salesforce. Um, it is just another application by all means or another platform. But what's in it is yours. Right. And, and, yeah, I think I agree that that's, that's sort of why you like from a phil philosophical perspective, I completely agree that this is your information. And, and also there's, there's what we call the shared responsibility model, right? Doesn't, doesn't Microsoft lay this out or, or, or not? Yeah. I, I think Microsoft, from my understanding too, is that Microsoft wants to ensure that you have access to their platform and they will do everything that they need to, to ensure that, uh, you know, that you can access it, that you can get to your information, that your users can log in, and all of the infrastructure that goes into that, that is absolutely why, you know, they back up their systems um, and why they back up all of their servers, right? So that's mm -hmm. that's exactly why they're doing it. So um, it's but more from an availability perspective correct. rather than... And I think that some, well, in fact, I know that some people, when they read the SLAs, uh, if they read the SLAs, right? Uh, <laughs> Big assumption. You know, <laughs> yeah, if, if they read the SLAs, they see availability guarantees and they immediately translate that into that, that that's the availability of my data. And it's not. It's the availability of the platform, which is right. a really big difference. It is. It's a, it's a completely different thing. I can log into Outlook, but as a good example, I logged into my Outlook... And, or I, I, my Outlook client and my online archive wasn't there. I didn't see it there. And, you know, so I had to just, I, knowing how it works, sometimes I closed my client and I opened it back up and there it was. So you, um, you did the old turn it off and turn yes, it on again. turn it on, turn it off. Um, and, but, but that's the, the kind of the concept is that I, right, I use that online archive and there's, excuse me, some rules that are set in place that allow me to move things to that online archive for a reason. So I rely on that online archive and everything, you know, and what that service is there for. Uh, so the availability of that, I mean, underlying to this is Microsoft's um, investment in ensuring that you and millions of other companies out there and all of their, you know, the millions, hundreds of millions of other uh employees can ac access this information at any time. Right. Um, now, so let's talk, there, would you agree, though, that there is this perception that when you go to a SaaS service like 365, like Salesforce, like G Suite, that 
backups are part of the service. Have you have you run into that idea quite a bit? Um, you know, I for sure I would say people trust in the fact that it will be there. They trust in it more. Uh, you think about, you know, when it was on prem, you had your hardware, you had so many different, you know, components that could go wrong, things that could go wrong. Um, so I think it provides people with a sense of, of, of uh, maybe comfort or trust that, yes, uh, I can go there and it's always there. Yes, it's always up. Right. And yes, it's always available. I mean, unless something really unfortunate happens. Um, you mean like last week? <laughs> yes, like last week. And, you know. Sorry, that was just too um, easy. No, I know. But that's it. I mean, like they, they, they were able to turn around and probably roll back some, right, some update that they pushed out to right. all of their infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had the mechanisms to do that. They made, they've made the investments to be able to recover in moments yeah. like that. And, and it's, um, it's, I, 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 I'm glad you mentioned that that's, that's part of the idea because I think the same true, when I think of, you know, I often say the phrase young whippersnappers. When I think about young whippersnappers um, in IT, like all their did all their devices are all flash, right? And so that they they've grown up in a world where their storage device is a thousand times more reliable than the ones I grew up on. We backed up everything like every second because that that hard drive could just die any moment. Right. Yes. And if it, and if it was a if it was a laptop hard drive then it you know it was being banged around, you know around all the time so you really had to back that up. But now we have these I mean my phone, my iPhone has a bigger hard drive than the entire data center when <laughs> I when I joined the IT industry, okay? And it's flash and nothing has ever gone wrong with that device. I'm sure some people have lost it but but I think it's the same problem that there's this perception of like, well, it's Microsoft. They know what they're doing. They're going to take care of my data. And even when they have an outage, as much as I like to make fun of it, the, the, it, it came back up and all my stuff was still there. Right. Um, so I, I think that's a valid. Um, what Persona, what do you think? Why, do, do you have any idea like why people feel this way about SaaS apps? I think it's just that SaaS apps have given that perception, right? That mm. you everything is handled for you, right? They're simplifying things. And so people just kind of assume, hey, if everything is done for me, I don't have to worry about anything, right? And I all, go ahead. And so I think, and then no one questions it, right? They're like, oh, it's not running. It's not something that I would have had to manage or worry about before because it's kind of like either infrastructure or it's the underlying mechanisms. Everything I'm just interacting with is like a browser or a service. So why do I have to worry about backing it up? And they don't always tell you or give you those APIs, for instance, to be able to pull your data out. So you're like, oh, if they're not giving me the APIs, then maybe I don't need to worry about it. Yeah. And, and so, and here's where I'm, here's where I'm going to sort of gripe the most. Uh, there's, a couple of, there's, a, there's a couple of bones I have to pick with Microsoft. One is the API one, and we'll come back to that. But the other is, I don't think that Microsoft specifically, and, and I'm going to say G Suite as well, that I don't think that they have plainly stated that they could settle this. They could easily settle this with a position, you know, on their website that says 
we are not responsible for your data. We've yes, we've built in some nice like recovery features, but your data is your responsibility. You need to use some sort of backup system. They could settle this once and for all, but they don't. Uh, my, so, so in contrast, Salesforce, for example, did do this. They they actually had this. They had this. Uh, I don't know if uh, Vanessa, are you, are you aware with? Uh, are you aware of this thing that was called the Salesforce Recovery Service? Oh no, I'm not. Okay, it was horrible. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. Yeah. yeah. Well, so basically, if if you didn't back up Salesforce, you could go to the company and you could say, "Listen, we didn't back it up. We screwed up. Here's ten thousand dollars." And then they would uh, they would create a, a, a zip a bunch of zip files of each of the objects in your Salesforce account. Now, objects you know in Salesforce is like a table, so each of you know users, uh, opportunities, uh, you know contacts, leads. These are all objects. So they would create a zip file for you of the of each object, which you would then download, unzip, and then use Data Loader, which is their tool. Uh, to upload these and you have to upload them all in a certain order or it won't work because there's like referential integrity issues. And for this, you paid the, it was $10,000 and it took six to eight weeks and it, and it never, and there was no guarantees of recovery. So it was just the worst service ever. And they eventually, uh, the end of July this year, they eventually said, you know what? Basically this product, stinks. We're not going to do this. And we're, we're not going to offer it anymore because people were using it as a crutch to say they didn't need to back up Salesforce. And they're like, you know what, if you ever actually asked for this thing, we were kind of embarrassed to give it to you. It was so horrible. So we're going to pull it off the market and you guys need to back up your, your stuff. So they've made a public statement that says that Salesforce customers need to back up their data. Microsoft has not done that thing. And I, and, and I'm, I have my theories as to why they have. Uh, do, do, do you think they've helped this uh, issue at all? I don't think that they make it a point to to bring it up. Uh, I think they talk about reliability. Uh, they talk about their platform, their investment, their growth. That's their focus, right? That's the focus. I can't speak for that, but I have my own theories, but I don't think I can share <laughs> share that right now. Um, yeah. Right, but uh, I mean... Yeah, I, I, I think well, ultimately I'll, I'll, when you yeah right. when you deal when you're dealing with any SaaS platform, I'm not even Microsoft. You have to ask yourself, um, you know, if I'm an IT director, uh, whatever a VP of IT, I, what is the risk of the loss of this information? I mean, that is what why we do this, right? This is why we back up. What is the risk if this was not here tomorrow? Right. Uh, but doesn't Microsoft offer backup? I think they're building a backup um, uh, enterprise. Sorry, uh, sorry, with their like E three, E five, E nine, don't they no. offer? No, there's okay. no, there's no backup. No, feature no, there's no backup. Oh, it's E three, E five, E one, E three, E five, plus the um, other ones, the other letters. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the, those come with like E discovery and stuff like that. The two bones were. I don't think that they they make this clear enough. They just they basically just it's like it's like the elephant in the room that nobody wants to bring up, right? And they don't they don't they don't say one way or the. I do find it weird that the consumer version of the product does have a very clear statement in it that says you need to back up your data. The business version of the product, which is I'm going to say very similar from a data protection standpoint, 
um, does not have that verbiage in it. But anyway, there's that. And then there's the issue of they make some of the data, I'm going to make up a word, not backupable, right? So in the previous in the previous uh, podcast, we talked about things like Yammer and Planner. And these are products that they, my understanding is they're products they've acquired, right? Is that correct? Yes. Right. For sure. Uh, uh, Yammer. Yes, I Yeah. Know. So they, they brought them in and they brought them to production without providing any APIs for anyone like Druva uh, to, to get the data out and back it up. Right. Um, and that's very likely because of its original architecture, right? Not so much, um, you know, one of the, I'll, I'll just say in defense of, of the acquisition concept that Microsoft does is that uh, the life of that product will change once it's brought into the Microsoft, the true Microsoft ecosystem of, of development, I think. Uh, so yes, as, as you know, applications are acquired uh, and incorporated in as an app, um, initially probably we don't have an API for certain things because there might not have been one at all. Right, right. Yeah, I, I guess I've just, I, I live in this weird world, Vanessa, where backup is like super important and then I would never go to production with an app that doesn't have a way to back it up. <laughs> but I know that I we're, I live in this, this very uh, distorted view of the world, but I, I understand that's exactly the, the situation. And hopefully this will be resolved over time and then companies like Druva will be able to uh, to back up that data. Um but I think so, in the last uh, podcast, we had talked also, right, about how all this data is important, right? If you don't have the Yammer yeah. or you don't have your planner data, right, it's not that you truly have a full backup of your environment. Right. Agreed. Right. Yeah. So it's important to get that data. It's just frustrating that we can't, that, you know, we and other vendors are not able to do so. Um, so, uh, which is, I, I was actually just, just prior to recording this co- this podcast, I was editing our other um, we have a, an interesting podcast where you have a, 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 a what, what's you call ba- a backup anorak. Have you heard that term before Vanessa anorak? I, I have not. So it's a, it's a British slang term, which means a person who follows sort of a fringe or boring topic, right? So like you, you could be like a train anorak. You can't be a Microsoft 365 Anorak because there's millions of people using it and love it and blah, blah, blah. But you could be like a, you know, but, and so he's a backup Anorak. And what he is, his complaint was that the, there's a lot of consumer uh, SaaS services that there is not a way to back up that data, right? Not, not in any sort of normal way that I would recognize. And so that's, we talked about that and you guys should check that podcast as well. So let's talk about some of the things that, um, I know that there's some users that are or some, I'm oh, sorry. I know that there's some listeners that are listening and saying, but, but I can restore like in Microsoft, I can restore previous versions. I can restore an entire OneDrive account. Um, I can, you know, I can restore deleted files. Uh, you know, I could do all of these things in, uh, you know, Microsoft 365. So how is that not backup? Well, I think it, it comes down to also, the situations that, you know, um, the end user, we kind of have to split that. As, a, as an end user, I have a feature. A feature is to be able to go back to a prior version and the prior version literally just being still in the same spot, still there. And I can absolutely create a new version. So I wouldn't say that they're restoring 
anything, but they're literally just copying a prior version and they're making a new one. Um, uh, so there's the, the, the end user expectation of features, right? That, that's one thing. I can go into my recycle bin if I deleted something and right. uh, hopefully if I've, if I, you know, I go in there before it actually gets purged and goes to the second stage, then, uh, you know, I can, I can get to that file. But it's never really in the the typical that backup solutions are needed. Uh, it's always in the you know the situations that are unexpected, um, or even whether it's you know maybe intentional or even malicious. But you know I would say malicious being less than intentional, um, right? If that makes sense. No. Does that make doesn't. sense? Okay. So, Okay, maybe maybe I understand, but help me understand. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I always like to say users happen. <laughs> okay. I, they happen and they act in certain ways, uh, and applications. I I think like my son can get on. I actually had my son get on, and I was curious. I asked him to create a page, and I wanted to see how well he and he's nine, how well he could actually create a page. Like, was it user friendly? You know, for a child. Mm -hmm. Um, but users happen. He was doing things that, uh, the application, you know, no, maybe they didn't quite test for, or, <laughs> right. That, of course, yeah. And right. That that's a user, but that same thing happens too for the administrative side. Uh, you, you don't find an individual with just the generally the job of 365 in most companies, you know, most companies, 365 is administered by the, you know, IT, maybe the help desk, and you have a, a team of people that someone needs to go do this. That person, this person creates an account, uh, the accounts, th this person does, you know, uh, groups, whatever it is. Um, so it's not just necessarily one person. So when you also don't have a level of, of knowledge, of a deep knowledge of what it does, and you don't understand the relationships from one thing to the other, users, that, that concept of users happen also happens on the admin side. So, um, and those are the things like the users happen, right? Unintentional things that happen when I interact with an application I'm not aware of, I, I may not know. Uh, and then absolutely the, the malicious uh, part where you might have third party, um, you know, people coming in from the outside like ransomware um, that you're trying to protect again. And then you also might have somewhat of a trusted person that might be, you know, a, a contractor or, or a vendor or whatever it is, or an, uh, honestly, an ex-employee that logged in and you hadn't shut down their account. And, right, those are malicious uh, intent. Uh, so there's there are very specific reasons beyond your, your responsibility as an organization to back up, um, right? Users happen and malicious intent. Yeah, users happen and admins happen. You know, just because somebody's in IT doesn't mean they know what the heck they're doing, right? <laughs> yeah, um, I mean they, they manage. I mean, like you know, they they'll manage uh, ten different enterprise applications, and especially since you know everyone thinks it's all it's very easy. Oh, we've got uh, three sixty five. It's in the cloud. I don't need yeah. an exchange admin it, anymore. How hard can it be? Right. So the the organizations look to tighten their belts as they um, take on these SaaS applications. So you have admins that are stretched relatively thin and may not know an application as deeply as they need to. 
That's actually interesting. That's actually interesting. Like, even if I look at Salesforce, right, you have specialists like admins who are very specialized in understanding how Salesforce works, because even though SaaS is supposed to be simple, it's powerful and complex and you need an admin, right? I think Microsoft 365 is the same way, even though it's, they've took away managing infrastructure, there's still other aspects you have to administer and be a specialist in that requires you the time to be able to do that effectively. Absolutely. I mean, you can't just uh, go roll out multi-factor authentication without understanding, you know, the self-service password reset. Uh, There's just a number of things. And (laughs) it's it's when you have and not everyone invests in their employees on the administrative side to become it to go to get education on the admin side. Um, It's supposed to be easy. Yeah, it's supposed to be easy, right? Uh, you know, and I'm I'm flashing back to, um, yeah. So it's, I think it's the problem that you just talked about. And then honestly, you know, I, I I love I love all my admin friends, but like I said, not all admins are created equal. Uh, I I do remember there was a there was a person in, in early in my career, there was a person that uh, me and another guy would. He, he was a customer and we interacted with him a lot and you would, you would explain something to him and it would seem like he got it. And then five minutes later, if you asked him a question about the thing, you just explained it to him. It, he, he, it was like, he didn't, he didn't get it. The thing that you just explained that you thought he understood. And so we developed the term, you know, the term uh, worm and it's a, it's a, it's an acronym, uh, write once read many. So it means like, like a DVD or th- there are, there are, storage options like an S3 to do worm as well, where basically once it's written, you can't be changed. And then, and then you just read it many times. So we developed a term for this guy. We, we called his memory, uh, worn memory, uh, write often, read never. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, so it's where people make mistakes and then there's bad people, right? And, yes. and I mean, truly that like people make mistakes and then there's bad people. I mean, yeah. um, the, and, and- yeah. Uh, and bad people, I think the bad people part has, well, I don't know. What, what's your perception? Has the bad people part gotten worse recently? You know, in the, the last the last couple of weeks, um, I know from what my understanding is, right, that there was an authentication uh, issue with um, with 365. And I just, you just have to wonder how often these SaaS applications are being, um, you know, attacked, I guess I should yeah. say that's the easiest uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that they're not going to necessarily always come out and say that. Um, but I think that, that with more people going to SaaS applications, that absolutely that becomes more of a target, just like, um, you know, as every version of windows, has always had their issues, you know, and it was always a target, right, for viruses uh, that came through your email because people work, right? They work and they live in Outlook. But I do think that, yes, I think that malicious intent is happening more and more by all means. And especially as more and more companies store more of their data, valuable data in the SaaS applications, right? It becomes sort of a great spot to target. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is both a point to share things and a point to steal things. You know, and, and with both of those, right, users happen, admins happen, and malicious intent, um, 
it doesn't, you know, Microsoft has as as great um, tools in terms of like they have their e-discovery, they have retention, but that's still that doesn't address the underlying issue of how do you protect against right those two other things. Yeah, well, I, uh, retention I wanna... is completely different than uh, backing up. Yes, thank you. We're going to that's going to be our next topic. I, I'll just fill in on this like admins happen. So you know, especially since I I spent a few minutes making fun of another person. I'm going to throw myself out there. I try like I try really hard not to uh not to get subject to my you know, I, I get attacked. I get fished. I get, you know, ransomware attacked and right? And so I'm I'm constantly don't click on that, don't click on that. I actually got successfully fished the other day and ended up accidentally giving my credentials to a really important site to a black hat um, because I because I was tired and not paying attention and the and the email came right at the right time and it looked like an official email from the place in question and I immediately changed my password um, and so I I think because I, I realized what it was one of those one of these things where I'm trying to be trying to not to say what it was but it was one of these things where like we do this service for you. And you need to log in once a year to um, renew, like to reconnect us to your this other thing that we look at for you. And it was coming right at the same time that my renewal was happening. So it was just very fortuitous. And I, to I, I totally fell for it. And I went in and I clicked. And within as soon as I logged in, I realized, and it didn't ask me to do the thing I was asked to come do, I realized crap. I, I just successfully, I just got fished and I immediately changed my password. And then I contacted the vendor and here's the part that made me that most angry. They don't, they couldn't tell me if anyone had logged in with my credentials. Which is bonkers. Which is yeah. bonkers. And I was like, you can't tell me if it like, just, I'm like, literally the last minute has anyone other than, you know, this IP address, like, and they were like, no, we don't, we don't, we don't have that information. Uh, they, they, they didn't. And then I got even more angry when I realized that this particular system, which I'll just say it's, it's a kind of system where you store really sensitive information and they don't have two factor authentication. So Curtis was I, yeah, a little annoyed that day. I was a little annoyed. And so I guess what I'm saying is, you know, I, I feel, I feel I'm a pretty smart person and I'm a person who focuses so much on data protection and data integrity. And I, you know, I, I, I get annual training from, you know, at, at Druva, we have to do annual security training and I, I know all that stuff, but sometimes you're tired and sometimes you mess up and then you click on something. And then next thing you know, you've given elevated privileges to a, to a bad actor, to your office 365 environment. And then boom, bad things happen. That was my really long story to get there. But let's get let's get back to retention policies. Uh, I'll give my summary. When when there are those who say you don't need to back up, they point at retention policies as the reason why you don't need to. Because I can go in and I can say, um, you know, every email, every document, every version of every document, everything in SharePoint, every chat, everything is going to be kept for, you know, 90 days or 180 days, whatever number, right? And, and, and that, and that, that 
is what gets around like a black hat. If they were get in, like if a user did something and then they want to delete the history of the bad thing that they did, that, that you know, that, that they, they, they can't delete the spreadsheet because we have a retention policy that says that they can't be deleted. Um, and my experience with that was that it's really good for retaining all that information, but it's an e-discovery tool, not a restore tool. And so getting all that back and saying, okay, take all of Curtis's emails and all his folders and all his OneDrive stuff and all his folders, go put it back where it came from. It just simply isn't designed to do that. So is that, that's been my perception. But again, we established on the last podcast that I am a 365 noob. So, so oh, oh, you didn't have to agree with that so strongly. (laughs) She was like, yep, that is true. Yeah, yeah, we totally, we totally agree. Curtis doesn't know what he's talking about. You know the difference between a group and a team? I, you know what? It's a big, it's a big, it's a big step for me. All right. All right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, No, I, I think you made the point, but one of the things that you have to also realize is that uh, let's talk first. We'll talk second about retention policies. Okay. But right. first in 365, more importantly, is not everyone uses retention policies. Agree. In fact, what do you think? What do you think the percentage is? Oh, I would probably say it's with, right, if we talk about companies that would use retention policies, the actual feature of retention uh, within 365 it's a very small percentage and your it's more your large enterprise, um, mm-hmm. maybe hopefully companies that are publicly traded. Um, but why wouldn't they know, use it if it's part of the platform? Is there a cost? Is there? Oh, it's a, it's once again comes down to the implementation of it, the management of it. Um, you know, when you, when you build out or design retention, there's a process and a flow that goes to that. Uh, retain X, you know, if something happens, right, I'll talk about a policy. If um, I, I guess it goes beyond just click the button. Um, if something happens, uh, well, let's first talk about like the, the companies and why they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes back to the uh, one admin managing multiple platforms and the fact that there is retention possibly available for their license, right? They have a help desk ticketing system that they've got 30 tickets to deal with. Retention is a strategic uh, initiative by an organization to do something. And there is, you, you know, you require people to actually plan it, to implement it, to monitor it, to ensure that it, right, that there is a purpose for retention. Still functioning, still, and it's still going versus these yeah. buyers that you have that you are immediate. You alluded to licensing. Is it not in all of the versions? Um, I don't think it's in in all the licenses. And once again, right, that changes. I think they, um, you know, I think there was a change to uh, the business. So I think it is in enterprise licensing, but don't. I don't take my word on that. Uh, I'm not the yeah, so, licensing so expert right now. It's safe to say it might not be in all versions. Yeah, but even if it were, uh, you, you might know, not you... know that it's there. Absolutely. Might not, you know, it's not on by default. Someone has to turn it on, which means you need to know to turn it on, and then you need to turn it on correctly. Yeah, I, I would say people use SharePoint more than they use retention. Mm. <laughs> um, right, and and SharePoint is 
what third, right? The third used application uh, in, so there's just so many things, but even beyond that, uh, you have to think about what's the the direction of the right of the the IT department that that is managing this 365 is um, right is retention or compliance uh, if they're not under some SOX compliance they're not you know and they're not a publicly traded company maybe where they just there's things that they have to do going in and creating an e-discovery case uh, and and you know and and everything that goes into that, there is a there's a purpose to that. Uh, so your IT person is not gen- generally going to be the one that says, "Let me go create more work for myself." <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> right? I, that's oh, it's true. It's very true. It's like uh, if I turn that on, that is more work, and that's why I tell people like mm. one of the first things I would do when I would go interact with a company, any company, whether they. They called me in to do a build a Power BI dashboard or uh, build an intranet. Um, the very first thing I would do is a 365 audit, a backend audit. It's like 30 points of, do you know this is where you are? Because before I build something like an intranet, I want you, you know, you have to understand where you are with all these other things that could potentially impact it. As an example, you know, so I know we're not, we're kind of straying away from retention, but that's um, the point no, being is that there's, fine. yeah, there's so many components to 365 that if I had to give you a percentage of how many companies actively use retention, I would be surprised if it were over 5%. I was going to go with 5% as well. Yeah. But, but, Small but again, percentage. I'm totally, I'm totally making that number up. Yeah. You've actually, you've actually been out there in the wild. So that's a really good point of, that basically it's just not widely used, number one. Number two, and I think this this is, I think, equally important for people who have turned it on and they think, now I have backup. If you think that, you've clearly never used it to restore anything. Right. right? Well, Unless it was like a single email or a single document. Because, yeah, and, 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 in the, and in the world of 365, let's say, let's do retention. Because I want to use it as a, I, I think I want to use it as a backup. Retention and, and creating, you know, retention for content is, um, once again, there's a processes that are generally part of retention. A company doesn't want to keep anything over seven years. So they create a retention policy in X for content, maybe on SharePoint, wherever. Um, but then what about, you know, there's retention for my email. Okay, let me see. I've got to go create a retention on every single person. I mean, every and single different person. People might creating... have, and different people might have different retentions too, like your Absolutely. CIO and exactly. everyone else might have different retention policies. So then. it is, it, people go about uh, creating, reten- generally, generally from what I've seen, retention policies drive are driven down at the content level. And yes, on emails, usually for, um, your manager, you know, your VP level and up um, individuals, you might want to retain and hold their emails. But it's rare that you find uh, companies using, um, really effectively using the retention that, policies of 365. I thought I had seen that I could, if I want to, although I might not want to, if I wanted to, I could do 
a single retention policy at the very tippy top of Microsoft 365 and just say, I want everything, Exchange Online, SharePoint, OneDrive, uh, all of the things. I want everything in here retained for at least 90 days, go. Is that not the case? Okay, so first of all, I've never seen that. Um, and usually retention is, from my understanding and what I've done, for, mm-hmm. right, is at an individual level or at potentially a site level, like a URL specific, like this site, uh, everything yeah, underneath it, this person. Probably because you're viewing retention more from like a normal use, not a backup use. Correct. But if I was going to use it from a backup use, that's the way I would do it. I would say, I want to retain every single thing for 90 days or whatever the the term. And I, I think I could do that. But I know that if I do that, I can impact the storage. Going back to one of Persona's original questions, I can impact the amount of storage that 365 uses and as a result, increase my cost. Oh, yeah. The cost, of, the cost of storage. I mean, not even... I'm not sure of the cost of storage associated with the retention, but general storage, uh, you know, if you reach your your current storage, it's something like $200 a month uh, for a gig. I mean, that's yeah, not, that's, it's, that's a... It's, by the way, this is something that it shares with Salesforce. I, 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 I would, I remember being a Salesforce customer and, and the, uh, an enterprise Salesforce account came with like, five gigabytes of storage or four gigabytes of storage or something. And I, I had 2 million records. So we went over that by like two gigabytes and they came back with the price and, and they're like, and, and it was highway robbery. It was the same kind of pricing. I was like, are you serious? But like, they're, they're like, you know, this is the most expensive storage I have ever seen okay. in my life. And they were like, well, this is really high end. I'm like, you're talking to a storage person. Yeah. This, this better they they better be writing this on gold tablets for this price, um, but but let's talk about so so the the the, the workflow of of retrieving because that that's the term I like to use for pulling stuff out of any discovery the workflow of retrieving a large amount of data from uh, the e because you use the e discovery workflow in three sixty five to get data that that has been retained. Um, um, yes and no. I mean, you okay. have, if you use eDiscovery, yes, uh-huh. right. It actually creates a set. And let's say I have a, a rule, everything that Vanessa does, all of her emails, all of her files, everything in her OneDrive and these six SharePoint sites, um, maybe these three groups, right. That, that will have it a very specific defined case. Um, so a case is something where I would create this case. I would want to go look for someone and look for any content across all the apps. Um, And that brings it all together. Uh, And and so all of that is all within one one UI once you're actually navigating through it. So it it does bring it together in a set by all means. Mm -hmm. Um, But with regards to content retention, um, what happens with content retention is I am, you know, I have a finance uh, secured site and I want to ensure that I purge everything after uh, after the last modified date was uh, two years ago, right? Two years, three years, seven years, whatever it is. And you have a, um, a process that basically sits there and says, oh, take that and 
delete that. That's a that's a retention like that retention policy is literally to uh, hold information and then when it's done, once it hits the certain right these certain parameters, then go delete it, go do something with it. Um, so yeah. that's there. There are two different types of retention. So that's well, um, I'm yeah. So I, I'm just trying to. I I know that retention is used for multiple things. I'm just trying to focus on how retention could be used for backup and recovery purposes, and how it would therefore be really bad at that. That's what I'm. <laughs> that's what I'm. Yeah. Trying to focus because because on. because so right now the retention that we've talked about to date has been around the e-discovery use case, right? It's all put together. I could retrieve it, but if say something happened, something was deleted, can I restore from this retention copy back to say well, not directly? Is is my understanding? I, I, there's no way directly to pull something that was retained past. Uh, let, let me rephrase past whatever would be captured by a recycle bin or the secondary recycle bin. Once it's gotten past that, there's no way to directly pull it out of the retention pool. I don't know what the term would be and restore it back. Would that be a correct assumption or a correct statement? I'm just trying to visualize that. I mean, ultimately if, if. So your, general, you know what your problem is, Vanessa, you don't, yeah. you don't think of it like this. You don't, you're like, the retention is not a restore tool. So why would anybody try to use it that way? I'm telling <laughs> right, you, there and, are people, well-known, famous people who are saying that retention policies are all you need for backup. And I'm saying there are horrible backup tools because A, you can't restore back directly. If you do want to restore, let's say Curtis deletes or somebody deletes my entire account, I get attacked by ransomware, whatever and my entire account is corrupted, you cannot use that tool to restore my account. You can use that tool to give me a giant pile of data. Of stuff, which, yes. Of stuff, right? Yeah, you know yeah. what? It is stuff. It's not data. It's not information. It's stuff. It's a bunch of files. It's a bunch of emails. Um, you know, it's a bunch of chat messages. But you can't put that. You, you, it's like a giant. It's like a big, hey, here is a haystack. <laughs> All you need to do is take all the pieces of hay apart, rearrange them, and put them back the, where they came from. Right. And there's different types of, I mean, there's e-discovery, absolutely. And, you know, the purpose of e-discovery uh, is not to use it as a, a retention tool. I mean, I mean, sorry, as a backup tool. Right. It is there to help an organization create rule-based cases to go and find information throughout the tenant yeah it, it's it's uh, it's right? an that's e discovery its, tool it, like that's absolutely it, 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 that's its purpose it's it's, it's to satisfy um, an e-discovery request not a restore request yeah i mean you can also i mean people can put like an arc like a, a hold on an email and say i want to you know apply this policy to to this particular you know this person's email uh that's right and that once again that's a, over here in this other app so the concept of of someone saying we use retention as our backup, um, that's going to be a, a you know a painful situation for them if they actually ever have to restore more than just right restore something at at a whole. 
Right. That's why I was kind of correcting what yeah. you said, persona, because you were saying if I if I delete a thing like a file or an email, yes, you can get back a single file or a single email or something or a document out of retention, but you you're not going to be able to put back personas entire world via that without a ridiculous um, level of effort. Right. And if, and if it's not just persona, but it's persona and, and everybody, you know, anywhere related to you because you got infected and then that got spread to other people, blah, blah, blah. Uh, then you're not going to be, or some other attack, right. There, there have been, you know, I, I do mention again, trying not to sound like I'm anti-Microsoft, but Microsoft is no different than any other tool. There have been vulnerabilities that have been published that if, um, uh, leveraged could result in someone gaining admin access in a 365 account. It, it happens, right? Um, and if they did that and then they did bad things, um, they could potentially wipe out an entire you know organization. And then you go to Microsoft and you say, we'd like to see our backup. And they say, you know, what backup, <laughs> right? Um, Cause I did, uh, Vanessa, I actually did, uh, like I created a, like an actual, you know, an organization in 365. And, um, and then I interacted with Microsoft as a customer. And I said, let's say the following happens because I mentioned, so another thing that I've heard is the, that Microsoft has a delayed replicated copy of uh, parts of 365 um, that, you know, that there's a copy that's replicated, but it's, but it's behind in time. Right. And that that could potentially be used to restore your environment. I contacted Microsoft and I was like, suppose the following happens. And I basically like some bad person comes in and deletes out my entire world. Can I use, can I contact support and use your delayed replicated copy to restore my account? And they're like, no, (laughs) that's not what it's for. Right. That's for us. Right. Um, And so, yeah. And, you know, even in that scenario is you approach them with a known question and it's not always the knowns that bite companies, right? It's, I don't know what happened or where it happened, but something is wrong. Something happened. How do I get Um, back up and running, right? Is what they really want to know. You know, you know, I'd go back to even SQL Server even whether it's on-prem or right in Azure, is that I had a million rows and then I came back the next day and I have 700,000 rows. I don't know what happened. And unless I wanted to go in there, I just need to get it back. Mm. And Mm -hmm. that's usually when we're dealing with, you know, any sort of data loss, it's not, you don't have a person that's, uh, you know, three levels up from, uh, <laughs> uh, let's say, a, 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 you don't have a CIO sitting up there saying, I wonder what happened to my email. They don't care. What they care about is my email is gone. Mm. And or the, C, right, the CMO's email is gone. The CRO email is gone. That's what they care about. They want to, you know, they want action. It's like, I need you to go fix this. So it's not usually in, um, you know, in the best interest of someone who's trying to go restore something to, to fix the problem that they sit and try and figure out what happened, 
while they're trying to fix it. Mm-hmm. Usually it's, all right, I'll, we'll, we'll come back to that after. Um, so, you know, when you approach them with a known of, can you, can you uh, restore with that? You know, here's the situation. The reality is most situations are not, they end up not being unknown. That. No, that's, right? you know what? That's a really good point. Um, I'm glad you made that point. I, I make it, I make it in the following, um, using the following quote, right? There are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophy, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, listen, there are a lot of ways to do damages to your environment that that you don't even like know about or can dream about. And that's why you have backup. And while you might have a way to deal with the things that you know about, there are other, there, you know, there are bad people out there that are trying to figure out how to do damage to you so that they can sue you or, or not sue you, uh, you know, d- get ransom from you. And, and why would you not have backup to protect you from that? I just, and, and, and I would really be remiss. We, we have to talk about the, the companies that use retention are like the big, like fortune, you know, 500 companies. Um, to which I immediately wanted to say, you mean like KPMG? <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes. You're you're referring to the the issue. The, so, it, what, do you want to summarize what happened? Yeah. So, if if I recall this one correctly, um, there was a policy that they wanted to apply to an individual. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, uh, they they wanted to, to to delete that person's personal chat history. Was the policy correct? Right. And they applied the policy, the gr- probably on the group policy, whatever the group policy, whoever was involved in that group. Yeah. And it deleted all of the team's chat completely yeah. everywhere. For, for 146,000 people. Oh, my gosh. That used, right, used teams. And so it's, yeah. it's you know, it, it's a, that was a hard, hard day, week, month for that person. I feel, but it was I feel for that person, man. Yeah. Unintentional, right? Like you said, admins happen. Yeah. And it's right. Knowledge and not quite understanding the, the, what happens. Yeah. Um, and and, they, and that, what happened when they, what happened when they contacted Microsoft? I think they said that they couldn't do it. Yeah. Didn't they? Yeah. They're like, yeah, sorry. Right. Yeah. Sorry that, you know, you should have been backing that up. Right. Uh, and by the way, actually th- that was personal chats and most, Companies uh, don't aren't able to back up personal chats because, again, <clears throat> APIs. Although we we figured out a way to go get that data, but um, but most companies aren't able to back it up. So um, even if they had had backup, they wouldn't have been able to to fix this for from most companies. But amazingly, we've been talking about this just the backup for an hour now. I'm just super excited that like I mean you he's giddy you actually touch this stuff and you, you speak from a, from a frame of reference of like, it's funny, as frustrated as I was with your answers on the, on the, um, the retention policies, because you keep coming at them from the way that you would normally use retention. Right. You you know, it's like, right. How retention is actually used when, when used. Um, I've read that and not just, I mean, I've read that, in a number of places and that basically when people talk about retention, they should not speak back up in the same sentence. It is no. not the same thing. Um, yeah. It serves, it might seem like it has the same thing, but it serves two different purposes um, and truly should not be considered to be um, a method an organization relies on to back up anything. Um, let, me, 
let me ask you a question, Vanessa. Can you can you using whatever tools? Can I easily copy like an entire user? Like like, can I clone an entire user's stuff to another user in three sixty five? No. Oh. Not not. Give me an exact copy of every place and everywhere. Uh, you know, the moment you log in to the moment you, right, everything that you see about a user is in a transaction. A user uploaded, a user edited. A, so there's, there could be a million transactions mixed in with hundreds of millions of other transactions that other users have had. So to say, I want to go make a copy of this. And remember, we talk about all of the, the a user and the fact that they can belong to multiple groups. So I can be in multiple groups. So I can't, I can't go and say, replicate this user and everything about it. Okay. All right. I was kind of hoping, um, I was kind of hoping the answer was yes, but clearly the answer is no. Uh, the reason, the reason why I was saying that was if you, if you are of the small set of people that are actually using retention policies and you're using it and you think this is your backup method, I, I was going to say, try to restore a user with that tool. Right. But what I was going to say was clone the user so that you get all of the aspects of a user like folders and, you know, the complexity that a typical user's environment has and then try to use eDiscovery to restore that user. I, 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 but but we I, I wouldn't want you to do that with the production user yeah, or so, just create a test user at that point. Well, but but if you create a test user, you'd have to create a bunch of data that's multi-leveled and all that kind of that. That's why I was hoping we could just clone a user. But. Yeah, no, the only the only thing that I've seen in terms of cloning is actually in the creation of an account. So you can actually create a user that says, you know, I want it to go to these five groups and it's uh, this particular role. So the next time I go create a help desk uh, person, I can actually use this profile. So that's more like a clone of a profile, but uh, there's no there's no cloning of that. I don't think that I've ever heard anyone um but I understand what you're saying okay. about using that tool to try and do it. That absolutely you you cannot, nor would you, um, nor have I seen anyone do that. Okay. Well, we're going to have to close this out because we're going to talk all day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I did want to say I, I, I at least just wanted to end with one thing in terms of this is that, you know, I I believe in Microsoft. I, I love, absolutely love uh the career I have and I, the one I've built in this in the, in the Microsoft platform and and I believe in where it's headed by all means it's it's not always easy and you know even with things like we're, what we're discussing of of backing up it's not always it's not just there right it's not there um, but I do believe in it and uh, I love the platform so I don't want anyone to ever think I'm back I mean well that's know. good. And and we we as well. And and by the way, I just I just want to uh, as we round out this podcast, this particular episode of the podcast, I would like someone to say hi. Hi. Hi, Lily. Can you hear? Can you hear, can you hear mm -hmm. persona? Yeah. How are so, you, Lily? Uh, it's been forever. Good. Hi, Lily. Hi. So, Lily, do you like Microsoft Teams? I don't even know what those are. <laughs> Just say yes. Lily, how about this question? Do you think you need to back up Microsoft 365? Mm. Mm -hmm. That's what you have to say? Yes or <laughs> yes or no? Best. 
<laughs> All right. Well, say goodbye to everybody. Just Bye. Say- <laughs> All right. Thank you, sweetie. Okay. So, so that, that was my granddaughter, Vanessa. All right. Let's round, let's round this out. Vanessa, we have talked for like an hour. I don't want to sound like I'm anti-Microsoft, right? Even though, you know, I am a, I am an old, an old Unix guy. Um, and, and I use a Mac, like I, I don't dislike the company or, you know, whatever. And, and by the way, if you, if you want to see me get really angry, I can talk to you about how I feel about Apple these days. And, but, uh, we don't have enough time for that, but yeah, I, I just, I, I just, I care about the customers and I care about their data and it bothers me tremendously that, that so many Microsoft 365 customers and G Suite customers and Salesforce customers think that their data is protected by the platform itself. And it's not. So, um, you know, thank you so much for explaining it in, oh, go, uh, Go ahead, Persona. I was just going to tag on and say, yeah, just for customers to just be aware, right, that this is how things are and they should think about a backup solution to make sure that they protect their data. And to be honest, you they should be going to Microsoft. They should be going to Google and being like, hey, why don't you do anything around backup or at least tell us explicitly, kind of like what happened with Salesforce. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, please, please be more upfront about this particular option. Of course, even if they came out and they actually had, you know, it, it sounded like you were suggesting that maybe they're going to come out with a backup service. If they did and they had it, I wouldn't want to use it, right? Not that it'd be bad or evil or whatever. It would violate, what would it violate, Persona? Three, two, one rule. The three, two, one rule. <laughs> yeah. So I, I wouldn't want my backups to be in the same place or even with the same company necessarily as my primary. It's just not, again, not anti-Microsoft, just anti sort of normal backup design, but, but they don't, they don't currently have the service. So I don't have to worry about that anyway. All right. Well, Vanessa, again, thank you so much for taking the amount of time uh, to, to talk about this. Absolutely. You guys are so welcome and I appreciate being on. Uh, we are. We appreciate you being on. We appreciate uh, the listeners. Persona, I appreciate you. I appreciate you too, Curtis. Sometimes it's like a mutual mutual appreciation fest. Um, even if I am jealous of your hair. All right, and make sure, uh, listeners, thank you for sticking with us this far. Make sure to subscribe so that you can restore it all. isn't worth a spit finally i needed your backup you had a chance to fix it instead it's all jacked up see how i'll write on facebook about you don't underestimate the things that i will do there was a file but i deleted it too bad your backup system isn't worth a spit
It'll be completely done Maybe one day it 